1: Valley Fair, we all love Valley Fair, right? We've all been to Valley Fair. I can't tell you the last time that I was at Valley Fair. It's been a few years. But they want to hire 1,600 seasonal workers at Valley Fair. Okay, They're gearing up for the 2024 season, and they that's how many people that they want to hire. So plenty of jobs out there. Operators of the amusement Park at Shakopee is going to have a week-long hiring um, starting on Saturday, February the 17th. They hire as young as 14 in certain roles, according to uh, their PR department. Really, it's that first job for a lot of kids, especially in the Southern Metro area, all the way to college students who come back who probably started as a high school associate, which made me and Chris think, out loud about your favorite summer job what has been your favorite summer job 6514619226 cuz i will give you my two favorite summer jobs my favorite summer job ever was coming home while in college for the summer and working at the Mall of America. The first summer that it opened up. So this is year one mm. of the Mall of America. Still
2: got that new mall smell.
1: It was... Well, it doesn't now.
2: No, it did at the time.
1: It was... It was a blast working there. Mm-hmm. So so when the Mall of America opened, that summer, it was the, uh, the summer of 1992. And I was, yeah, that was going into my sophomore year. Okay. So I wanted to make money, and it, and actually it worked out great because I was able to save up some money because that, that year I ended up living off campus for the first time. And so I worked at Bloomingdale out of the, was it Bloomingdale's? Was it Bloomingdale's? Bloomingdale's. Hold on. I'm- the anchor stores, yeah,
2: because they had they had four anchor stores. Hold on, it was
1: Sears, Bloomingdale's,
2: with Macy's there. Macy's was there. Okay, Macy's. Wait, was it there? Sears. I, did I can't. Didn't me- have a J.C. Penny's?
1: I can't even remember what the anchor stores was. I worked at an anchor store. Okay, let me. I'll have to look up what the four anchor stores were. Bloomingdale's no longer. Like Bloomingdale's was one of the first ones that that moved out. Okay. I loved Bloomingdale's. To me, Bloomingdale's was, like, my favorite. But the initial four anchor stores.
2: Okay, the the anchors, I think I see her Nordstrom, Macy's, Bloomingdale's, and Sears. Nordstrom,
1: Macy's. Macy's,
2: Bloomingdale's, and
1: Sears. And Sears. Okay.
2: Sears makes sense because Sears was in, like, every mall.
1: Actually, it might have been Nordstrom then. Okay. Maybe it was Nordstrom. I might have been working in Nordstrom. Okay. So I'll tell you why it's my favorite. Because what was taking place at the Mall of America on a daily basis when it first opened.
2: Oh, I could imagine.
1: Dude, it was, it was almost like it was a party every single day. I'm dead serious. Oh,
2: I so, could believe it. I totally could believe
1: it. There were so many appearances that were taking place. Mm-hmm. There was so much fun to be had at the Mall of America. I met um, Bart Starr. I met Karch Karai. I still have their autographs to this day. Nice. From that summer of meeting those legendary athletes. And then the other part of the Mall of America job was. There were times. Where because there's so many people in the hustle and bustle of Hustle and bustle at the mall. Mm-hmm. Let's just put it like this: If you left for your lunch break for thirty minutes, do you think if you were gone for an hour that they that they no that they knew no they knew nothing yeah Dude, I, legitimately <laughs> there were a couple of days there are a couple of days where where you're supposed to be back after your lunch break is over in thirty minutes yeah. And because there's an event at another store or something, like you might be going for like 90 minutes, dude. It didn't matter. They didn't know. I'm sure, because everybody was doing it. Just make sure you got your yeah. stuff done. Yeah. If, if you needed to tag some, some furniture or put price, as long as you made sure your stuff was done, they were not going to know.
2: Silly, silly question. Mm-hmm. Silly question here because I also worked And I with, worked with
1: my friends. Yeah, like I, my friends worked there too.
2: See, and that, and that's awesome because coming from outstate Minnesota and you hear about the Mall of America, it was like this magical place. Like it's like, "Oh my gosh, we got this huge mall that's just a few hours away." My first experience with the mall was working at Camp Snoopy in the fall of 93. So, I didn't get there when it first started. But was there a certain amount of like prestige that came with working at the mall? Because it's like you get to go there every day, whereas other people go there for fun. But it's like, man, I get to go to the mall every day. I get to hang out every day. Was there a certain, like, special... Nah, I don't... not like
1: I, that? I didn't have that. Okay. I didn't have that type of feeling. It was just the fact that you knew that every day, every day that you went to work, you knew that your friends were working at the Mall of America, mm-hmm. that it was a fun atmosphere. It was like... It was, it was the place to be. And on top of that... You know what else was at the Mall of America? Girls, plenty of girls. I was gonna, plenty of girls. I was gonna
2: ask, in plenty su- of girls. I, somehow it was gonna circle back to the ladies. I was just gonna figure out how we were gonna get there. But. My
1: summer, I mean, I mean, think about that. My my sophomore summer, plenty of girls at the Mall of America. That was hands down. And you
2: know you're going back to the ATL, so it doesn't matter.
1: I look, that was my favorite summer job, yeah. and I'm gonna give you my second one. Okay, okay, all right. And, I, and we'd love some reaction. We could take phone calls and texts. On the talking text line, 651 461 9226 My second favorite job was my first summer job. My very first summer job was my second favorite summer job. I worked at Rocky Roco Pizza in downtown Minneapolis on Nicklin. It was and the reason why it's my second favorite job ever was because it was my first check.
2: I mean, you don't forget your yeah, first check. No, no, you don't. You don't forget your first check. Because you feel like, you feel like you did something. you like, this is you, mine. I earned it. This is mine. I earned it. Yeah.
1: I bust those dishes. Yep. I worked at cash register. I mopped those floors. I earned it. And I showed up. I rode the bus and made sure that I was at work on time. All of that. So I worked and made my first checks at Rocky Rococo. And the second thing about that was. It was Rocky Rococo. I loved Rocky Rococo. To this day, I love Rocky Rococo. The only one that's still open is the Brooklyn Park location. That's it. The rest of them them are closed. Done. But I loved working at Rocky Rococo. You're always going to remember your first, right? Like, that was my first gig. I loved it. It was in downtown Minneapolis. And I remember that summer when I was working at Rocky Rococo, I also was a part of an ACT, SAT prep, uh, course at the University of Minnesota. Okay. So I was able to double dip because I got a stipend to go there and then also go. Oh, do that's the, great. So it was, it was awesome.
2: Yeah, that's that's great. I mean, you're getting the best of both worlds there with that. I will say my, my two. Number one, I'm going to go with Valley Fair because I worked at Valley Fair summer of 96. Yeah, I think it was summer of 96. Uh, a bunch of my friends were like, you know what? my, my All right, because I, I lived on campus. Because I had become student uh, Churchill Hall president, humble brag back you know thirty plus years ago. Humble they, brag. They get hey, I ran Churchill Hall from '94 to '99. Okay, southern part of that North Dakota State campus. You know, it didn't go anywhere without me. But my RA was from Apple Valley. At a couple of other my, of my friends that were in the cities, and they're like, you know what, we're gonna go down here. What would you guys think of working at a Valley Fair? I'm like. I, okay yeah i mean you know again growing up out state mm-hmm. anytime you could come to the cities and do something it was a big deal so i'm like absolutely I, i'm gonna do this and i was there with just four guys sharing an apartment right off of uh highway 13 and 35 in burnsville you know we could go to work and we could be there all night like we couldn't you know we were ride operators but i mean we you know, Thunder Canyon, I was, you know, I love Thunder Canyon because you got the crow's nest and you could see everything that was going on. I mean, even people that didn't think that they were being spied on, mm-hmm. you know, because you have to watch for safety purposes, you know, n- no voyeuristic, you know, intentions at all. <laughs> but it was it was fun. It was fun to just be there with my friends. And I mean, this is when like the PlayStation, we had just gotten a PlayStation, right? And the yep. PlayStation was big. So it's like, say I mean, we got a PlayStation. We got Valley Fair. I mean, you know, we got girls all the time. Like we had all of this stuff. We're like, man, we are living high on the hog. And the other high one, on the hog, I high, love that. High on the hog, man. That's 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 how we do. And the second one, I'm gonna say, I, I was working on the air in Fargo at uh, the Ticket, and I did the pregame show for the Fargo Moorhead Redhawks. Okay. And what I would do is, you know, I would do the show, you know, it's a half-hour pregame show. Well, I would get done, and then I would drive because I was still taking summer classes at the time. And this was my senior year of college, I think, maybe 98. Yeah, I think this was uh, uh, summer of 98. But uh, Newman Field was right across the street from my high-rise. So really, if I looked outside my window, I could see the ballpark. So after I'd get done doing the studio show, I would drive, park my car, go over, hang out in the beer garden. And, I mean, for that summer, like, I just thought I was the big man on campus. Because, I mean, everybody knew me from being on the radio in Fargo. I mean, I was in college. I was about to graduate. I had a great job. I loved where I was at. I loved what I was doing. And, I mean, I had full reign of the ballpark and i mean for a 20 what was i 23 22 yeah 22 23 for a kid that age you're like i thought this was it doing a baseball pregame gets to see baseball all year if i'm going to you know get intoxicated i can just walk across the street and go home like i don't have anything you know and you know my friends could come over and it was just it's a big old party man i i i absolutely loved it that was that might even be my first. You I'm thought gonna, you
1: were Brockmire. Oh, man. You <laughs> Brock t- Meyer. Yeah, man. I was Brockmire.
2: I was Brockmire. It was it was so cool. It was absolutely. So I'm going to put that as my number one. I'm going to put that as one. Valley Fair is number two.
1: All right. 651-461-9226. Two, two, From the 763 Best Summer Job, Shinders Bookstore in Burnsville, Working for Trade, Dude, that had to have been a blast. Oh, I totally, I got to give you that. I love Shindler's.
2: Working for trade. Dude, Think about that. You don't take home a, a penny, but du- you got all this stuff. It was more to it than that.
1: Man. Oh. Uh, from the 612, Nordstrom. Yeah. Uh, from the 952, my favorite summer job was working at uh, Glacier National Park between sophomore and junior years in college. On our days off, we took our bag lunches and hitchhiked to a trailhead. Fantastic. That's awesome.
2: That's awesome.
1: But, yeah, 1,600 jobs at Valley Fair. You can get you another job this summer if you want.
2: Hey, man. You know, I'll just uh, – what am my, my availability? Probably 11 a.m. to about 2 p.m.
1: I mean, every little bit helps, right?
2: <laughs> yeah, every little uh, – what are you paying? 535. I believe that's the new minimum wage. Well, you know who to thank for that.
1: 535?
2: No, I don't know what nah, minimum wage – What are you talking about? No, I just saw a Seinfeld episode today. I think it's like 735. Still not enough. Still not enough. Oh, maybe I'll put in an application. Wait, can I get a reference for you or do I have to go? Uh, ahead, no, Brett? no, no not, okay. a not, not a good one. Not a good, not a good reference.
1: 651-461-9226. Two, two, we'll take a break. We'll come back. We got word on the street. That's next. Oh, I could go for some Rocky cocoa right now. Well, not really, because I'm kind of on a diet. All right, welcome back, Lake Show. I'll have it's, it for you. It's time for Word on the Street. I
2: ain't dieting. You what? I ain't dieting.
1: Mm. That could be part of your pudding problem.
2: I ain't got a problem. I'm happy with it. Hmm. Okay.
1: Good luck. <sighs> Thanks can barely breathe. Look at you. I'm good. Look at, look. oh, he can barely stretch out
2: in the, in the, yeah. I don't pull my fat. I think there's a rib underneath there. I don't know. Well, some, some people are not like me and some people don't have the pudding. And those people are Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift. Travis Kelsey and uh, Taylor Swift. He showered her with praise after winning his third Super Bowl, thanking her for flying across the globe to catch the game and calling her the absolute best. Now, the NFL just revealed the audio from the power couple. Power couple. They're a power couple. The emotional postgame. I've never. I've seen Tavis, but I've never seen power couple. I, I'm not going to disagree with it. What but do you I've, mean? You've never seen power couple? I, no, I've never seen Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift described as a power couple. This is the first time I've seen it in print. It just makes sense. They well, are a power couple. Yeah, it, it does. I just. I've never thought of them that way. Never thought of them as a power mm. I mean, they. They fit the definition. I've just absolutely I've do. never I, you know, I've never believed that. Uh, as previously reported, Swift hopped on a private jet to make it from her era's tour in Tokyo to Las Vegas for Sunday's kickoff. Kelsey returned the favor with smooches on the field right after the Chiefs beat the 49ers in overtime. It's further proof that they're serious and the two were inseparable the rest of the night partying their faces off at Zook and X. Ex- S in Sin City.
1: I love this story. I'm rooting for love. I hope that they end up getting married. I'm dead serious. Like I think that Travis Travis is he he's been around a little bit. Mm-hmm. Okay, both have. I mean I mean he, he 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 was on a um reality show called Catching Kelsey. C- Catching Kelsey. I was still living in Kansas City at the time when when all that was going on. Okay. Um, he's dated some Instagram influencers. I just think that it's, it could be time. And they're both, what, 34? Yeah. They're both 34. They both could be thinking about, okay, what's next?
2: Is this true love? We'll see. As long as they're. Imagine ha- them having
1: a baby. Oh my gosh, that kid is going to it be. It would be
2: the most attractive baby that could sing and play football in the world.
1: <laughs> I don't know how attractive the baby's going to be. I'm just saying, like, you talking about the attention that baby would get? Oh, my goodness.
2: Okay, yeah, you and I were thinking completely separate things. You got to admit, though, yeah, that, I was not that, thinking that about kid would be good-looking. I'd be a good-looking kid. I, I, maybe, I, I guess. Oh, it's, it's not going to look like Chunk from the Goonies, you know. Hey, you guys. I'm pretty sure it's not where we're going with Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. Goonies, the
1: classic.
2: Uh, Goonies is great. Truffle, shuffle. Hey, speaking of uh, T-Swift. If you didn't like her, maybe this will change your mind. She apparently, she booted Kanye West from a Super Bowl uh, spot because Kanye apparently intended to upstage her at the Super Bowl, but she torpedoed his plan. At least that's what one former NFL star is claiming. Well, wide receiver Brandon Marshall, who played in the league from 2006 to 2018, great wide receiver for the uh, Denver Broncos. I think he played for the Bears and the Jets as well. He made the allegation on his Paper Route podcast this week, explaining that he'd heard from Kanye, uh, that, that he'd heard, rather, that Kanye purposely purchased seats right in front of Tay suite for the big game. The idea, it seems, was an attempt to photobomb all of her inevitable TV appearances. On its face, it comes across as a good, old-fashioned spite effort. However, he explained that the alleged scheme never came to fruition as Swift made a call or two To have Kanye kicked out of Allegiant Stadium entirely, that's what Brandon's claiming. Now, i take it all with a grain of salt, but considering that Swift has been the non-athlete face of the Chiefs this season, it doesn't seem out of the realm of possibility that the league may have nudged Kanye somewhere else a little bit more low-key. Now, it's also hard to say without any certainty whether she actually got him kicked out or not. Brandon suggests, especially if he bought a ticket lawfully and by the book, in any case, Marshall sounds 100% confident that he's breaking news with the world. Um, could you see Kanye doing that despite to, to Taylor Swift?
1: Oh, I could see him doing that. I he, could see him trying it. Yeah. Yeah. He he He's, yeah. But but now, th- this is the thing about Brandon Marshall's recollection. Mm-hmm. I think that he was at the Super Bowl. Now, he. I don't think that he got on TV, but... I think that Kanye West, yeah, he was in a Super Bowl suite. He got a cold shoulder from Leo DiCaprio and other A-listers. They kind of like poo-pooed him.
2: not so pooed Brandon Marshall? No. Oh, Kanye. Kanye West. Oh, I think okay.
1: Kanye West did actually get into the Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah, there's a picture here. Kanye West was spotted inside the Raising Cane suite Can at I? the Super Bowl. So, yeah, maybe he didn't get the seats in front of of uh, Tete. Yeah, but...
2: He was there, he's still in, yeah, and you had to imagine that the camera crew was going to be. I don't think I saw him once on camera. Did you? He's, I, he's always wearing a mask. I, I know. So, wonder how and, he and got who, through and, security and with a mask. I'm not.
1: Who cares about Kanye West? Kanye's is a dope. Totally.
2: He's an absolute dope. He's a, he's a nincompoop. Apologize for uh, for that. Hey, the uh, the last one I want to get to here is. An American icon, Dolly Parton, and she says she feels no ill will towards fellow country singer L King for butchering a birthday tribute song for her, despite fans being adamant that Dolly should be mortified. It was all captured on camera. Country singer L forgot a bunch of lyrics to Dolly's Marry Me while on stage in Nashville, with the performance quickly descending into a drunken, expletive-filled, ridden mess. Oof. But the icon says it's no biggie. Putting her behavior down uh, to her navigating some things hard. Let me start that one over. (laughs) God, that sucked. But but the icon says it's no biggie. Uh, Putting Elle's behavior down to her navigating some hard things lately. Dolly actually had nothing but gushing words for Elle, telling Extra that Elle's a great artist and a great girl who just had a little bit too much to drink. She's also urging all of us to forgive that and forget it and move on because Elle felt worse than anyone ever could. Might be, but the Grand Old Opry audience that night certainly didn't care how she was feeling at that moment. The singer resorted to hurling foul language and mocking fans for f- purchasing tickets. Many vented their anger on X, complaining their evening was ruined by her horrible, drunk, and profane performance. Her antics were deemed so outrageous that even the Grand Old Opry said they were deeply uh, regrettable, and they apologized for the language that was used. But here's the question. If Dolly is pardoning the actions, then who are we to challenge Dolly? Do you know who
1: El King's father is?
2: No, I had I, I I don't know Rob Schneider. Oh my god, that doesn't surprise me.
1: I didn't know that until I just looked it up. That's something. And by that's, the way,
2: that's that's something.
1: Mm. And let's be honest: as much as she screwed up, she was drunk. You got to give her a little bit of a pass. I know it was probably horrible, but she was she had
2: too much mm. to drink. It doesn't excuse the behavior.
1: She had too much to drink. I, I, she didn't get in a vehicle and drive. No, but she it isn't, screwed up a
2: song. But you and I mean we've all <laughs> seen, Dolly's but, taking high road, I, and she, I like she it. is. Dolly can't take the low road. Like Dolly, I don't think has ever been in the mud in her life. I mean, we get the rest of us down sure. here fighting in the mud, and Dolly's too good. Like, Dolly's a better person than we are.
1: Okay. If you say so.
2: What? Dolly's... Are you saying you're a better person than Dolly Parton?
1: No, I'm not saying that.
2: Okay. Well, you're talking I about Dolly Parton. Yeah?
1: Briefly. Was she cool? Briefly. Briefly? Like, literally, like, 10 seconds. Okay.
2: Yeah, she seemed cool. Tiny.
1: Yeah. I'm tiny? talking about, like... Yeah.
2: Very, tiny. very tiny? Yes. I feel like she's one of those... Living legend. Yeah, she's one of those individuals that I feel like the older she gets the more people are appreciating who she is and what she's done. Amazing. Amazing individual.
1: Yep. All right, that's going to wrap up Word on the Street. Coming up next, couple of local teams that I just don't see it. I don't see any, uh, any postseason play. Those two teams, I'll tell you who they are coming up next year on The Lake Show. Unfortunately, when we talk about March Madness – the Minnesota Golden Gophers, both men's and women's team, will not be participating. That's my prediction, and I say that just because what seemed to be promising starts to the season. No more. The uh, let's start with the ladies, the, the women. The update is that the uh, <laughs> the Lady Gophers tonight they lost to Rutgers, eighty-one to seventy-one. Gophers fall to 14 and 10 overall, 4-9 in Big 10 conference play. This is their sixth straight loss. A very promising season. Um, this basically goes up in flames ever since Marbrant's um injury. That's a killer. That that's been the that killer for the them. Killer. But tonight was the killer. Rutgers on the road Rutgers is the worst team in the Big Ten. The last place team in the Big Ten. When I joined Vanita Sakhar this morning, Vanita talked in a way and almost like tonight is when they break their losing streak. I didn't say that. Vanita kind of alluded to that. I left it alone. I didn't touch it. All I said was Bron's injury has been the backbreaker for this this team. So unfortunately, Coach B has encountered some bad luck this year. Her star player goes down with an injury and it's totally screwed up her season. It's, it,
2: it, it's come unglued, essentially. I mean, you were four and three before she went down. Yeah. Losing six in a row and and
1: they were looking solid. They were they looking, were looking good. good.
2: I felt like they were definitely on a trajectory, if nothing else, to be a bubble team. To be
1: a bubble team, yeah. But, I
2: mean, they, they would have been middle of the pack in the Big Ten, which I think is kind of really all you could have asked.
1: The other team that we should talk about and mention, let's look at the men. because mm-hmm. We talked about the ladies, uh, the women first. The men's team, they're not going to the tournament either. I don't care if they get the 20 wins, okay? If somehow, some way – and as a matter of fact, let me go ahead and take a look here at what they have remaining on their schedule. I don't think that the – and look, everybody knows he's been on the show several times, Ben Johnson, that's my guy. Mm -hmm. And by the way, right now they sit in sixth in the Big Ten. The Gophers are at six and six. They're fifteen and eight. Let me say this to you guys right now because I know that there are Gopher fans that are listening, and and you're like you're crazy, like they're going to the tournament. This Thursday at Purdue is a must win. It's the number two team in the country. You got to win that game. Do I think they'll win that game? Absolutely not. Purdue and at Illinois, they have to win both of those. You lose one of those games. You're not going to the tournament. I don't even I don't care if you get to 20 wins. And this is the reason why I'm so adamant about that. The Minnesota Golden Gophers, their non conference schedule, terrible. Let's just call for what it is. I'm a Gopher fan. It's Mm -hmm. terrible though. Terrible non conference schedule. And there's two losses on their resume that I don't think they can overcome. They blew a 20 point lead to Missouri. Mm Mm-hmm at home and Missouri's been terrible and they lost a twenty point lead just this Sunday at Iowa. That's the dagger.
2: The, That's I, the I, dagger. Th- yeah. The 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 Iowa one uh, the Missouri You got one, swept by Iowa. You you got swept by Iowa but when you're you're half game ahead of Iowa because they're six and seven in the conference. You you, you don't blow a twenty point lead to Iowa when that's a team ultimately that you'd be jockeying, you know, with in terms of one of those at large bits. And now you do, you put yourself in a position where you have to take on the two best teams in the big 10 in Purdue and Illinois. And those two teams are combined 40 and eight. So I think it was a nice story for a little bit. And you got, I mean, you saw, you know, Darcy, uh, Dawson Garcia goes out, you know, that's part of that. But you got you got to take advantage when you're not a talented team like the Gophers are right now. I think Ben Johnson's done a really good job this year because I don't think anybody would have expected, you know, middle of the pack of the Big Ten. But, yeah, you look at it and you're like, man, what if? It's like one thing to lose to Missouri, okay, non-conference, but that game against Iowa – you lose a twenty-point lead in that one in a conference game,
1: dude. The Missouri loss and the Iowa loss—or losses—those are daggers. I just don't think that. I don't think there's anything they can do to overcome that. I mean, do you give yourself a chance if you beat Purdue? Maybe, but I just don't see them running the table.
2: No. What What do they have after Purdue? Purdue. And- then they play Rutgers at home. Okay, Rutgers is a winnable game, and I mean the the Gophers are thirteen and three at Williams. Yeah, but Arena.
1: Rutgers is not a resume uh, enhancer. No, Ohio State is not a resume enhancer. No, they're they're not. Nebraska is not necessarily a resume no. enhancer. Illinois, okay, I I'll give you that. Illinois, mm-hmm. Penn State, not a resume enhancer. Indiana, get your lick bag. Northwestern, okay, I just don't, I don't see it. I don't see it,
2: man. I I almost feel like the Gophers you have to you have to win three or four of those you're not going to beat Purdue and you're not going to beat Illinois. but these teams that are below you in the standings, to me it all becomes playing for seating in the big Ten tournament. And maybe you can maybe you can win a couple of games in the big Ten tournament and then get your well, that's your x factor that that's your X factor right there. but I think you're playing for seating at this point you know because yeah Nebraska, You're a game behind. But you're ahead of Indiana and Penn State and Rutgers. You're ahead of all of those teams in the standings. So to me, it doesn't even become about looking at the big dance. To me, it becomes getting a a better seed for the Big Ten tournament. And hopefully, you can get a couple of favorable matchups along the way. And then just at least put yourself in the conversation. Because right now, Yeah, I mean, based on what I know, and you're obviously a bigger, you know, college basketball novice than I am, you're not where you need to be. And it's going to take a lot of work to get there, but, you know, step by step, I guess.
1: I hope so, man. I just, and I hate to, look, I hate to shoot down the hopes and dreams that we're going to be a part of the the madness. I'm dealing with reality. We're just—it's—it's it's not going to be a thing. It's—it's it's not.
2: Even if the Gophers don't make the NCAA tournament, can Gopher fans feel good about this season?
1: They've taken strides, and and I think that they've done. I mean, I I think that I think that both coaches, Coach P and Coach J, mm-hmm. have done good.
2: Yeah, but I I I feel like the men. I feel like there were more questions about the women. Because they didn't, you know, maybe people weren't familiar with Coach P and what she had done in place. I mean, I knew her when she coached at the U, uh, University of South Dakota. So I knew her when she was in Vermilion. So I, I knew, like, what she was going to be able to bring. I, I wasn't as, you know, familiar with Ben Johnson building the program. And I know that, you know, coming off the last couple of years, you have, you know, oh, my God, you know, you got to move on from him. Maybe this is enough where people can feel – hey, we've already exceeded expectations. You get to the point where you just you, you get into the Big Ten tournament and you're playing with house money at that point.
1: Yeah. All right, that's 651-461-9226. We'll take a break. We'll wrap up the show on The Good Neighbor. I love me some jazz, man. I love me some Miles Davis. Some John Coltrane. I just love jazz. After hip-hop and R&B, jazz is my my thing. I love me some rock. I like a little bit of everything. I haven't listened to the new – have you heard the, 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 the new country stuff from Beyonce? I haven't, no. I haven't listened to
2: it yet. No. But, I mean, you, you think about it, there are some – Artists that have made the crossover in a country, and they've done it fairly successfully.
1: Oh, I'm pretty sure Beyonce can do whatever she wants.
2: Oh, yeah. Well, it's – I mean, Darius Rucker did it. Steven Tyler did it. So, yeah, I – no doubt that she can do it. No doubt that she can do it. But, no, I have not heard it. I have not heard it either. Do you think the country fans would be accepting of Beyonce? Like, they would give it a shot, or would they say— Why not?
1: This is— If it's good, it's good.
2: You know, some people are going to be like,
1: I I don't— Oh, those people are going to be out there anyway. Yeah. Those are the—I mean, there could be country fans out there that could hear Taylor Swift and be like, this is terrible. And and she can do whatever she wants to. She can do pop, country, she can do whatever. I I think think that Taylor Swift is that talented.
2: She started in country.
1: That's what I'm saying. She's she's that talented to where her range is—she can do whatever. Could she rap?
2: I'm sure she could. You think? Oh, I, I'm sure she could. Okay. I mean, I'm not going to put it past her. I'm, I'm, I'm not. Mean, I'm not saying I'd you know want to see her, you know, lay down some some bars with Eminem or anything. But you
1: know, I mean, she might be nice on the mic.
2: She might be. Yeah, might be.
1: Get some help from Travis.
2: Oh man! As long as he's not singing. What did you think of him singing "Viva Las Vegas"? And the person
1: why was people outraged? I don't get it.
2: I don't know. Like it's I like mean, he it was, embarrassed her. That's that's Travis Kelsey. How, man. how did
1: he embarrass her? Embarrass her? I don't. I don't understand. Yeah,
2: I, I I have no idea. Like I wasn't offended. Nobody should be offended by Travis Kelsey. I don't know if maybe he was trying to impress her. It's like,
1: no, he was just being him. He was it, being. It, him. it had nothing to do with Taylor Swift. He is just. A wild, he's a, he's a wacky w- <laughs> and cr- yeah, he just he's a fun. wild
2: and crazy hey, guy. guy. Yeah,
1: that was back when SNL was good.
2: I know. Was that uh, Steve Martin and Dan Aykroyd?
1: Uh, yeah, I think I so. think it
2: was the uh, wild and crazy guys. I think I dropped that over the weekend to somebody, and they're like, "You remember that?" I'm like, "Yeah." I mean, how about they had some good skits back in the... Oh man, what? So- heck yeah, they were. We're here to pump
1: you, you up.
2: up. <laughs> Kevin Nealon and Dana Carvey. So what we need to do is just go through SNL skits. Oh. See if we can name all of the uh, the alumni. It's I mean, Pat.
1: I mean, those are those. Oh, Pat. That was Pat. Weird. That was good, too. That was good, too.
2: Pa- yeah. How about uh, our own Al Franken? Stuart Smalley. I'm good enough, I'm smart enough, Oh, and doggone it, people like (laughs) me.
1: (laughs) That was back when SNL was all that. Man. Man. That was back when SNL was all that.
2: You know, my favorite, because I actually got an endorsement out of it, was the uh, James Brown Celebrity Hot Tub. Hot tub.
1: hot tub. Hot tub. Hot tub. Hot in the hot ah. tub. Oh, I love that. Yeah. You're talking about Eddie Murphy. When Eddie Murphy did that bit, yeah. that was one of his best bits. Oh, it was
2: great. Because they used to call me hot in the hot tubs. So, yeah, I got a, I got a hot tub sponsorship out of it. Never actually got a hot tub, but uh, it, was, it was fun. <laughs> hot tub. <laughs> uh, favorite Eddie Murphy SNL skit.
1: Oh, that's up there. Um, hot tub is definitely hot up tub? there. Um, I'm trying to think. What was the other <laughs> Mr. Was...
2: Robinson's Neighborhood. <laughs> yes, that was
1: that. That's the best one. That, that... was the. I was about to say. Yep, <laughs> that was the best one.
2: That's how we answered the, na- the door in my neighborhood. Who is it? <laughs> oh man!
1: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> See, that... Hold on. We need to... You know what? We need to get some of those bits for the show. All right. Some of the... We got to get some of that stuff. Oh, that man. was the... Mr. Robinson was... That was the funniest <laughs> skit ever. Yes, it that, was. I mean...
2: Oh, my God. It was so good. Oh, man. <laughs> the,
1: oh, what, here's another one, though. Yeah. Eddie Murphy has buckwheat.
2: Buckwheat. Wicking, putting up and all the says, And it just had, like, all of... Like, man. The buckwheat. Oh, uh, but, my God. But we, oh, man. that's You say that to – oh, never fly today. Oh, man. Eddie Murphy. <laughs> Eddie Murphy. Oh, Mr. man. Rob,
1: that was the best bit, though. Because I was thinking –
2: I was like, well, hold on. It was the one where he
1: was like the teacher. And, and I couldn't place Mr. Robinson, but yeah. you're 100% right. Yeah. It was Mr. Ro- that was the best.
2: Yeah. Oh. I, no I, yeah, I'd have to say that was uh, – yeah, that was my best. Yeah, we'll, we'll get some we'll get some of those. We got to get some of those. We'll, we'll get some of those sound bites for the for the sound bar, for the hot keys.
1: All right, everybody. We're back at it tomorrow night. We start tomorrow at 630 because you know the drill. We have inside twins at, uh, at 6 o'clock, and we'll follow you, or follow them, rather, at 630 right here on the Good Neighbor News Talk, 830-WCCO. <sighs>